is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I'm your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you all the way from the shop in KCK. Uh, we got we got a significant guest on the show today, but before we get to him, I'd like to shout out our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle's been with us since day one, and if you don't know you better find out real quick. Go to charliehustle.com for all the finest gear. It's, uh, it's the holiday season. You might want to go to charliehustle.com to swoop up your very own uh, local attire. Whatever you're into, they got you. So, you know, I, I, uh, I met this next guest uh, a couple months ago at a charity event, and I was blown away uh, by his humble nature. And specifically, I'll, I'll tell a brief story about uh, that first interaction, but I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. James Krause. James Krause, how you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Glad to, be, uh, glad to be here. All right, brother. Well, uh, so you you and I met through Nate Bucati uh, at 810 Sports Radio, and uh, ultimately, he asked if you would be a part of this pediatric cancer okay. uh, 501c3 charity event that we did. It was Celebrity Pickleball. And uh, you were introduced, as well as Laura Sanko. I got the opportunity to meet you, and then I met Laura. Well, uh, ultimately, I went over to Laura. You and I, we just did like a normal little handshake, uh, and I gave Laura a big old hug, and you, you looked at me dead into the windows of my soul, and you said, I like hugs. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is how this is going to go. <laughs> so I had to ultimately swallow my pride to give you a big-ass hug. I probably said that because it's the, it's the complete opposite. I'm, I'm like, I'm the... <sighs> Laura always gives me gives me hell for it because I'm not a hugger at all. I'm like the least the least emotional person you probably can meet. So I I probably said maybe I said that to like make fun of her for always giving me hell about it. But I'm not much of a hugger. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we hugged it out. <laughs> well, that's actually uh, one of the perfect reasons why I, I wanted you on the podcast because I think, as you know, we're all different. And there's all different types of of personalities out there. I myself uh, am I'm pretty. Uh, you know, energetic, outgoing, loud, obnoxious. That. Yeah. Uh, just wait, son. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, I think it takes all different kinds. And to find somebody like you, who is actually a professional UFC fighter, uh, who, based on my uh, interactions with you, is extremely even keel, how, does, how do you dial it up to get in that mental space where you're now fighting for your life, essentially? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't really feel like I do dial it up, honestly. I mean, I, I'm a... I wouldn't call myself a fighter. I would say I'm, I would be like a competitor. So for me, it's not like I don't come from like a background of like I have like 100 street fights or anything like that. It's just something that I started in and uh, I started uh, started competing in. I started when I was 20. And so for me, like if you've ever watched me fight, I'm actually um, way calmer than I am right now. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like I get a little uh, – I would say I'm like I'm calm with a, a – a hard sprinkle of arrogance and uh, and a little bit of trailer park uh, mixed in. So, Respect. That's at Lee Summit. Yeah, well, it's Odessa actually. Oh, okay. I live in Lee Summit now, but my uh, my roots don't come from there, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I, I would say uh, I'm 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 pretty cool, calm, and collected when I fight, and uh, yeah, so I don't really feel like I turn it up at all. You know, it's kind of just like a. Just a challenge, you know. I feel like I have somebody standing in front of me, and uh, they're they're trying to challenge me on on what I'm doing and what I'm where I'm trying to go. So it's for me, it's 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 pretty easy. Just like any any uh, competitor, whether it be uh, whether it be like clothing, like Charlie Hustle, I'm sure, sure. they feel the same way. Yes. You know, like there's another there's another uh, clothing brand trying to do something similar with their dude. They're just gonna try to compete and knock them out. You for know sure. I mean? So it's it's pretty similar. So. Uh, you literally just sparked 8 million questions in me. Before I go there, yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't start the podcast with the same question that I ask every guest. What do you do for fun, brother? 
I work. <laughs> you know, I like. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't really like. I, I'm fortunate enough. Uh, I, I woke. I woke up. I was young. I was a very young age when I realized I can actually remember the. I come from like a very, very poor family. Okay. So like uh, at one point my mom and I lived on uh, $400 a month So Dang. together. So uh, we were extremely poor. And uh, I remember my mom worked at like Hardee's or something, a fast food place. And I remember one day, this is, I was probably like five. This is a really early, so I could, I it's probably so young that I could just be making this whole story <laughs> sure. up in my head. <laughs> I got lots of those. But uh I remember laying in bed and my mom had to get up and go uh, go to work early. And I, you know, I was like, where are, you, where are you going? Why don't you stay home? And she's like, well, I got to go to work. I said, well, stay home today. And she's like, well, I can't. I have to go to work. And I said, uh, I said, well, why, you know, why do you have to go to work? She's like, well, I don't want to go, but I have to. I said, well, why would you want to go to a place that you don't want to go? And I just didn't understand it. You know, I didn't understand why you would go to a, why would you would go to a place and why would you go to work to a place that you didn't want to? Yes. And, uh, it stuck with me. Like to this day, I don't understand why people work jobs that they hate. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I can't, I can't, uh, I cannot relate to that. Like, For I don't sure. understand. And I, and I get, I do get how people fall into the trap, uh, which that's a whole nother podcast. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> uh, no, we're going there, man. Yeah, we're going everywhere. We can, we can, we can, we can go into, <laughs> we can, uh, it's it's the the society is made up for workers for you know, sure to create yeah. workers. So I keep looking over at Larry. So Larry's been uh, on the podcast several times, and um, one of the things I want to talk with you ultimately about today is uh, energy because I saw on your IG recently or the gram as the youngins call it uh, that you're reading or listening to the audio book the Energy Bus right always. But uh, and so consistently learning and, and growing. And one of the things that Larry and I connected with regularly is is energy, and him and I have been blessed to have found jobs or occupations or revenue streams where it doesn't feel like we're working. Like we're literally doing something that gives us passion. And I don't know about you, but people give me grief all the time. It it must be great to be you. Oh God, we just had, I just had this conversation. (laughs) Must be nice. Yes. I'll I'll fight somebody over that. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what I could say, but you're going to get me real pissed off and fired up. When somebody says it must be nice, like, hold on a second. Now I'll get fired up about that. Like I'll get, I'll legit get mad over it. And because, you don't like, get dude, emotional. Like, like, and I'm not, I'm not an emotional dude. But when you tell me, like, it's almost like you're discrediting the hard work. Like, the the thing that sets me apart from a lot of these guys, especially from a fighting perspective, is full time fighters. And I'm quote, you can't see me right now, but I'm quoting full time fighters. A lot of those guys, what they do is they'll come in, they'll train in the morning, they'll go home, take a nap, do whatever, and then they'll come back at night practice. I don't ever do that. I, I wake up, I go to the gym early, I run my business, I train, and then I go back to quote unquote work. I run the business there and I do whatever I need to do, whether it be real estate, whether it be the gym business, whether it be coaching, whatever I got to do. And then I train at night. So like when you tell me must be nice, my ass is like, well, it must be nice to take a nap every day too. For sure. But I'm here working 12 and 14 hour days. So it must be nice to, to be able to come and go as you please like that. So That'll get me fired up real quick when people say it must be nice. Like that drives me absolutely nuts because I feel like they're discrediting the hard work and the hours that I put in whenever they're at home sleeping. For sure. Well, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to come and do this podcast, especially with a dude that you don't even know. So it means a lot to me. And uh, it seems like you got a lot of of uh, not only stories, but life experience and stuff like that, that I think that every person can relate to. One of the reasons why I was super excited amongst many others to have you on is I feel like... You know, sports kind of transcends that particular industry in that there's so many correlations to life. But specifically fighting, like when it's just you and, yeah. and, and you have to have 
an unbelievable amount of discipline, not just in the ring, but people don't even understand what it takes to get to that point. Oh yeah, it's harder. So, so talk to us a little bit about discipline, and is that something that you've always had, or is that something that you acquired over time? <laughs> um, no, that's something that I've definitely, definitely acquired uh, over time. I used to be a, a, a shithead, to be honest with you. Um, talk I, more about that. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, I come from, uh, and this kind of goes back to my childhood. I, I was really, I was raised uh, in a victim mentality. Um, I was raised to to believe that like people with money or people with opportunity are bad people, and just to you know push, I think anybody that's read any of the books knows what I'm talking about. Um, and then I had the opportunity in about 2012, uh, a guy kind of took me in, mentored me a little bit, and uh, really uh, changed my life on on my on my thought process and being a positive thinker and uh, the power of positive thought and all that stuff. So um, I've really done a good job of of changing that for the most part, but. You know the the trailer park will come out of me every once in a while, and I gotta I gotta check myself on it. But it's uh, it's it's I I feel like a uh, rich dad poor dad. If you guys have ever read that, it's a pretty accurate description of like my actual upbringing. My my mom's side of the family is super poor. Mom and dad split when I was two. My dad's side of the family is very wealthy, like very wealthy. Sure. So, um, does he play him, any kind of role in your life at all? Um, I seen him growing up. I seen him one week out of the year. I okay. would go in the summertime and spend a week, uh, maybe a week and a half with him. So I got to see you know, what the opportunity could be. Sure. Uh, and then I would go back home to our busted ass house and you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, I got a really good view of, Hey, living poor. And then I had this like extravagant one week vacation out of the year that I, I had to see, you know, what is available. I, I at least got to see. And that's the problem with a lot of the, the younger kids nowadays is you don't know what you don't know. So they just don't know what is available to them. You know, so sure. I was very, very fortunate enough to see actually what is available out there, not just from my dad, but my aunts. And uh, they're all very successful and have a lot of money. And uh, so I was able to see the nice cars, the yachts, the mansions, the beach houses, all that stuff. Like, And uh, I didn't get any of it, you know what I mean? But I got to- <laughs> once, I, I, once, yeah. once a year you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, they, didn't, they didn't really help me in any regard there, but uh, I, I, I at least got the opportunity to see that. And I've grown so much from being able to transition from- from back and forth to that, and you For know, sure. and seeing both of those things. So, um, so everything that you're saying, dude, it's it's again energy. I believe everything obviously happens for a reason. The more good you throw out into the world, the more circumstance you find yourself in that could ultimately move others and yourself forward. And so, uh, Ivan, uh, we had the opportunity to connect a couple of months ago over some cheeseburgers. You ever indulge in a good cheeseburger? I just had one the other day. All right. Who doesn't? Uh, right? Well, because I didn't know, because I got to believe when you're cutting weight and you're- I you eat know, whatever I want. Do you for real? I eat whatever I want. But I train hard, and uh, I, I just moved up a weight class, 15 pounds. I, I walk at like 195. I used to fight at 155. And uh, I would kill myself to make the weight. Now I just went to 170. So I, I legitimately eat whatever I want because I train two or three times a day. But you're still on this medium-sized shirt, right? I still am a medium. <laughs> through and through. My man. That's, My a, man. that's that Charlie Hustle What's Good shirt, which I is love all Charlie about. Hustle. I have a ton Aren't of they? I know. I so speaking of which, the first time I ever, and this is how ignorant I am, I love the UFC. Um, I didn't know much about you specifically until The Ultimate Fighter. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was watching The Ultimate Fighter, and you had that UMKC, that yellow yeah, Charlie yeah. Hustle. And that's my Ruse. favorite shirt to this day. Yep. So I got that yep. shirt. And uh, a matter of fact, I, I connected with you on Twitter or IG, and you commented. And I was like, man, that's a, that's a real dude. But ultimately, Ivan and I connected a couple of months ago over some cheeseburgers, and he asked – uh, he's a reader, constantly okay. looking at uh, growing. And I like it, Ivan. I like continuing it. Continuing, Ed. But, um, so he's, he's just into the fundamentalism book. And he's talking about victim versus victor. 
And it's literally one of the first things that yeah. you talk about. So I want to hook you up oh, with that man. too, man. This do you awesome. you prefer audiobooks or you I read? I do prefer audiobooks. Sure. Uh, I, I listen. So I have a rule actually that uh, if I'm in my car by myself, I don't listen to music. I have to listen to a book. It's just Damn. a rule that I have. For so, real? Yeah. I don't, I'm not allowed to listen to music by myself. If somebody's with me, I don't want it to be weird. Sure. Like, Yo, let's <laughs> throw on this audio book and listen to it. Hey, you guys heard that new Tony Robbins? Yeah. No, no. So, so if I'm by myself, I don't, I don't listen to music. Okay. Well, so when you are listening to music, what kind of music you listen to? Oh, man. Um, I, I, I like, obviously, like hip-hop, but the, I can't listen to the new trash they're sure. putting out yeah. uh, all the sprinklers and yeah so i mean uh gosh i mean i like the the normal like the j coles of the world sure uh, i can't stand kanye as a person but he's a great artist yes. uh this theopolis london i don't know i listen yeah. to a lot of weird yeah, for sure. uh, i listen to a lot of weirder stuff so like so you mentioned you don't like kanye as a person i gotta believe that there's a lot of kanye personality styles in the ring and in what you do is that yeah. An accurate statement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you, from an ego perspective, because you said uh, with a splash of uh, arrogance, yeah. how do you check you that? Yeah, agreed, 100%. But how do you check that? How do you balance that? Well, I look at it as like I'm two different people kind of. like Because look, when we're fighting, this, there's no rules in war. You sure. know what I mean? The, the, uh, when you're fighting, you have to be arrogant. You have to be like, I'm that guy. Who's who's up with it? Who's next? And then when I get back home, it's just I try to – I. I try to be humble, you know what I mean? With obviously, you got to have some some kind of uh, arrogance and confidence are a fine line. Depending For sure, on, it's all perception, right? Like 100%. I think I'm I think I'm confident uh, in myself, but I'm sh- surely somebody walking across the street will think I'm arrogant. Yeah. So, and it really boils down to one thing: uh, I worry about what I can control, and if I can't, I don't worry about it. So I am me. Uh, I understand myself. I am. Uh, I am good with what I believe in. I'm 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 100% uh, good with me. And if you don't like that, that's your problem, not mine. Right. So feel free to move along and find somebody else to 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 like. You know what I mean? So it's it's a uh, it's pretty simple. Right. Is that a learned behavior though, or is that something that you've always had? Absolutely, it's a learned behavior. I used to lose sleep, like because look, as a, as a professional athlete, I'm no Patrick Mahomes by any means, but. You're always going to get scrutiny online, like through social media. You got people tagging you, saying you suck, and all this stuff. And man, when I would see one of those, it would my heart would drop. It would ruin my day. And you just get desensitized to it. Sure. And it's it's just like a like if you're afraid of heights, right? Like skydiving is like the ultimate no no, right? Never so, doing that shit. But if you go skydiving every day for a year straight, it wouldn't be a big deal anymore. True. Because you desensitize yourself to the to the situation. For sure. So that's just kind of the the thing that I've learned. Uh, Along the way, is just you just get kind of even kill with everything that comes your way. And I, don't, I mean, I've had a tough upbringing, and I've I have a lot of experience for a thirty three year old, so it takes a lot to shake me mentally. So there's so many things that I want to touch on related to your childhood because you you and I uh, kind of have similar backgrounds. So I grew up in Osawatomie, Kansas, home of the state hospital. So uh, when people get to know me, they understand why I am the way that I am. It's it's justifiable, but. I can, I can recall, and many of you guys listening have heard me tell this story, but I could recall my mom going down to the, to the gas station in our Delta 88 with the 24-karat gold drip, which was really just a rust you know, everywhere, it. right? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we had the tax the on, the, on the, uh, the ceiling to yep. keep the, the, you know, whatever that of course, is. Course, mandatory. That's exactly right. You got to have that. But I remember my mom giving me a Ziploc baggie of nickels, dimes, and quarters to go put five on the mm-hmm. tank, right? On number four. And to me, I mean, I'm in junior high, and this is like the worst possible thing that could happen to me. Like, yeah. what if somebody 
sees me. <laughs> and we're from Osawatomie, Kansas. I mean, the bulk of the town is living the same yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. But to me, I don't know that. Yeah. So when we talk about learned behaviors and, and your upbringing, uh, obviously that probably shaped your perspective quite a bit. Would you Very agree? So. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, so getting to this place where you are now. So first of all, what, what role and forgive my ignorance for intruding, um, and for my intrusion, tell me about your mother now. What's the, Oh man, this might be, we might have to just do a part two for this one. Um, so, uh, I'm in a unique situation. And like, only what you're willing to share, oh, brother. Dude, I'm open book. Okay. I don't, I don't care. You could probably look up most of this on Wikipedia. Anyway. <laughs> um, so uh my I'm in a very unique situation with my with my parents. My mom and dad split whenever I was two and uh I have two half sisters that have the same dad. Uh they have the same dad, but we have different dads and we all have the same mom. Okay. Um their dad just passed away from cancer four years ago and uh our mom at the time was in prison for uh drugs and other stuff and I just don't really have a good uh relationship with her. When I told you I met my mentor in 2012, uh, 2013, I really just made a decision. My life changed in 2013 uh, for more than one reason, but this was one of the things. Uh, I just really made a decision to cut anybody that had that mindset that I wanted to get away from uh, to cut them out of my life. And there was no exceptions to the rule. And my mom just happened to fall in the category. For sure. So I, I cut her out of my life, and uh, I don't really talk to her. I haven't seen her in five years, six Dang. years. I've, I, we've texted a couple times, but only because I have custody of my sister, who's 14. And uh, so, it, yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's a unique it's a unique thing. But man, my life has changed so much for the better when you when you cut those things out of your life. It's just it's just easier. It's hard at first, but it's easy. And uh, you know, it's funny you mention that because there's there's times where you know stuff pops up like you know parent stuff or or you know things like that where you want to be able to call your mom and talk or whatever where you want to seek uh, parental advice from from life advice just yeah anything, for sure right? and you can't so it sucks uh but it, it it is it's just part of what i have to deal with everybody's got stuff they got to deal with 100 percent. that's just something that i have to do was she ever an individual that you felt like you could get sound advice from yeah yeah uh she's always kind of been a little off but uh the alcohol is for sure what's whenever i was whenever i was younger uh from when i was born to let's just call it like nine years old uh she was sober um i'm sorry the opposite she was alcoholic and then from like nine to let's call it like early 20s clean sober no drugs no alcohol nothing and in those times she was good uh, we had a good relationship i mean uh, it, you know she was i could talk to her at mm -hmm. least. You know, mm -hmm. it's not like she was a phenomenal person to give great advice but we at least had a relationship and then she fell off the deep end like big time uh, again, and uh, I just can't. Since then, it got ten times worse than it ever been before, and I can't. I can't. I just can't be around it. For I, sure. And I have kids now that I have to hold a standard to. You know, I have a four-year-old and a, a two-month-old, and I have custody of my fourteen-year-old sister. Right. Yeah. So I can't. I have to hold. I have to hold myself and them to a certain standard of what's allowed to be in. Well, first of all, congrats on the new baby. Thank you. Uh, that's a, the, you getting any sleep? I mean, how you no. do all this? No. I got an energy drink. In my, no, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. So, uh, I stay tired, but 
you also stay grinding. Yeah, right? yeah always. But what's amazing, it go, kind of goes back to what we were talking about. So when you put in those crazy 10 to 12 hour days and you're tired or whatever it may be, despite that, it doesn't feel like work because you're doing what you love, right? No, not at all. And, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was just talking to uh, my team, my fight team that I coach uh, yesterday morning that we all come up with a word for 2020, like just the one word to drive you through the year. And my word is pace. I want people to be uh, uncomfortable next to me, like talking about trying to match my pace. Like if you hang out with me for a day, I want you to be uncomfortable because you can't hang with my pace. Like, Mm. and that's not just in fighting that's in life. That's in uh, being a husband. That's in friendships. Like I want people to be like, damn, like how the hell does she do this? You know what I mean? Like, so that's, that is, it kind of goes. And then this year's 2019 was do more. Like whenever you're tired and you're like, I just, just do more. You can do more. And, and, and that kind of goes to 2020's pace. And I just, I want to be, I want to be somebody that just makes everybody around them uncomfortable because of the, of the pace that I carry and, and the things that I'm doing. For sure. Pace. I think we just landed on the title of the podcast. So you're talking about your mother and I told you like, there's so many um, similarities between our upbringing. So my father passed away just two weeks after his 60th birthday. And he is an individual that struggled with addiction his whole life. And like, we were always cool. Like I grew up in, I live with my dad and my stepmother, but uh, he was one of those guys that was, you could, he was always doing stuff for himself. Right. And, uh, and his, his vice was pills or, you know, Coke or whatever it was, whatever it was at the time. But as he, as he progressed through life and he got older and he suffered a a back, um, a back problem, ultimately it became pills. And so there was a time where, uh, similar to your story with your mother, that I decided that I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to move forward. You got to move on. Yep. The unfortunate thing about that is I got a stepmother, uh, who I'm blessed to call mom and, uh, two half sisters like you, Mm -hmm. um, who are immersed in that. And, and they kind of wear that strife on their shoulders and try to help him through it. When in reality, you and I both know that you can't help somebody no. that hasn't figured it out on their own. Correct. So what advice would you give others that are going through something similar? Like, how did you, because it, it had to take some time for you to get to that place to just say, I, I yeah. can't, I got to move on. Yeah. So, so there's obviously there's a thousand things coming to my, coming to my head. Uh, one is, is, uh, you have to you have to uh, control the things that you can control. For sure. You know what I mean? You cannot. I, really, I was on the phone when I drove by here. I was literally talking to a friend about the same thing. Like, man, you got to quit worrying about things that you're worrying about a problem that doesn't even exist yet. And you're like infatuated with with things that you have no control over. For sure. Um, and then the, 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 the second thing that comes to mind is like, there's a reason that they there's a reason when the plane's going down that you put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on somebody else. That's because if you can't breathe, like if you're unconscious, you can't help anybody else. For sure. So you you have to, you have to focus on yourself before you can help others. Yes. So before, before anybody else, and look, it doesn't matter if it's your uh, son, daughter, significant other, like you have to, you got to be good first. You got to be stable. You got to be solid before you can ever mess with anybody else. And uh, you got to put the oxygen mask first on first before you help other people. Um, and then like the, the last part of that is like when you're at a place where you're, when you're like even, you're even killed and, you, and you're, you're at a, a place of peace where you're like, you finally can take that like that, like I can finally breathe a little bit. Then I think it's time to like, you got to grow. So you need to get somebody, for me, I kind of, I just got so fortunate, but seeking out other people with 
other people that have what you want. Mm. And and they may not be somebody that you can like physically touch, but with the internet nowadays, there's so many people like the art of emulation is one of the, the most useful tools in all of uh, in all of life, really. I mean, you can find people online and just do what they're doing. For sure. Think how they're thinking. Yeah. And if, if it doesn't make sense at first, just keep doing it. And uh, obviously it's better if you can find somebody local to you to like really ask questions, but you don't have to have that, you know? So for me, I actually had somebody where I could, I could, I, we had a formal meeting every week and he, I got so lucky and so fortunate. He was writing a book at the time on mentorship mm. and he basically used me as a guinea pig. I had no idea at the time. So he took me in and mentored me for like a year or two and uh, it made such a huge difference. But you don't have to have that. You know, you don't have to have a, for, a formal meeting, but you do have to have time set aside to become better. For I, sure. I think. So whether it be somebody local to you or whether it be somebody like online that, I mean, there's so, there's so much information out there that you can get better. Or turning the know? music off in the car. Or turning music <laughs> off. Yeah, just get, focus on getting better. Right. Whatever that means. Yes. You know what I mean? Like whatever you need to work on, dedicate time to it every week. And for me, so, so for me, like, I'm always, I'm big on multitasking. So if I'm driving, like I'm not accomplishing anything. So I turn music off and I turn a book on. So now my, my thing that is just dead time is now learning time. Mm-hmm. So now the more dead time I have, the smarter I get. If for that sure. makes sense. You yeah, for mean? sure. So turning a nothing into a something. And I, I think love that's, it. that's, that's a big thing. So um, basically what I'm hearing you say is uh, somebody, many people have said this, but you become the average of the seven people closest to you, right? Um, More or less, and, yeah. And so ultimately, what you're saying is not just you know physically, but whatever you surround yourself, it's the energy bus, right? Yeah. Like you want to get better, surround yourself with people that are constantly yeah. looking to improve themselves, of course. or consistently take in information, whatever that looks like. So you just have to practice it. Yeah. It's it's like football. It's like like Mahomes or 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 who, I'm not comparing myself to Mahomes, but myself. Whatever sport or whatever you're doing, you practice it, right? right. That's how we get better at it. So you have to practice being the person that you want to be before you become that person. For sure. Always. Like For you sure. don't just become that person overnight. It doesn't happen like that. You grow into the person that you want to be. So it's you have to constantly be practicing and you'll never you'll never get there because when you become the person that you want to be, you'll want to become somebody else. So we always striving for better, right? Right. I mean, like so it's just a constant it's a it should be a a lifelong journey of uh self-improvement. It should be, right? Should be. But you and I both know that it's that's not. not everybody. It's not. So, um, and when you meet somebody that has that, like, I don't know about you, it clearly sounds like you are, it's like a magnet. You like get fired I, up. Yeah, fired yeah. up, right? Yeah. So, but you're kind of in, um, you're doing well in an interesting space in that you you own a gym in Lee Summit called Glory MMA. Is that yep. accurate? Is it in Lee Summit? We have one in Lee Summit. We have one uh, in North Kansas City, and then we're opening one, uh, one up in Overland Park as well. The reason why I say it's interesting is because um, there's a lot of folks that are great at something, right? Mm-hmm. And take, for example, I got a really close uh, speaker buddy. He's a, he's in, he does keynote conference speaking, right? He's got a book, all that stuff that you referenced earlier. And so he said that, you know, he's in the, the National Speakers uh, Association. He has a book that I referenced? No, 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 no. Oh. no sorry. No, no, okay, no sorry. he, he got that space, like author, you. all that stuff. You. But nevertheless, uh, no, man, I'm not that important. I, I was like, like you, know John, you know John Gordon? <laughs> Golly. He's so an intro, bro. I got excited. Okay. Sorry. Go on. I know a guy named Steve Smith. You know him. Yeah. He wrote a book. Uh, but ultimately, what I found is, uh, so this gentleman, super successful as a speaker. You know, his claim to fame, he'll tell you about yeah. it, is that he made a million dollars in four years That's as awesome. a speaker, right? 
So he says, well, I want to start teaching people how to be speakers. So I get the opportunity to go with him to a gig and it's like a, it's a five hour, it's a five hour drive. And so I ask him, so what's your process for transferring your skill? Cause it's one thing to be good at something. It's another thing to be able to transfer that different skill. Different ballgame. 100%. So he says, like, without even thinking, well, I'm just going to tell them everything that I've done to be successful. Now, the reason why I present this to you is because you've seen some success as a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you coach Megan Anderson, but I saw she was I shouting do. you out uh, on TV today or, or yesterday. So I want to talk more about that. You've had success there. Obviously, you can't just, everybody's path is different. Mm-hmm. And so for me to say, well, to be a speaker, what you need to do is you need to reach out to every single speaker's bureaus and, and shower them with love and appreciation. That could come across as disingenuous for some people sure. if they don't have that skill set. Yeah. So the short or the longest setup for this short question is, how did you figure out how to transfer the skill set that you have in fighting and then be able to leverage that as a coach? So imagine that you're a football player whenever football started and you have a 12-month head start on everybody else before the sport came out. Okay. That's what happened with me. I just started before everybody else did. And uh, I've been doing this for about 13 years. I have over 65 fights, uh, pro and amateur. And I just started in the Wild West of the days in in Kansas City where there wasn't really like weigh-ins. Like they're like, oh, you're 147, you're 186. That's close enough. Let's do that. Uh, I fought twice in one night, multiple times, um, fought three times in three days before. Just crazy stuff that is unheard of nowadays. You just right. don't, they don't allow it anymore because um, they're smart. <laughs> uh, so I just, I've been coaching way before I should have been. And uh, I, I feel like I have a very good, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a master of the craft, first of all. I'm a student of the game. And uh, I understand what it takes to win. What it under, I understand what, it, what works. Because what they teach you and what works are two different things. Okay. Right? Like, so the, the, and, and what works, works on many different levels. So, for example, in college football, they run the option a lot. Mm-hmm. Nobody runs the option in the NFL because it doesn't Unless work. Unless you're Lamar Jackson. Unless you're Lamar Jackson. There's always an exception to the <laughs> rule. Sure, right? Always sure. an exception to the rule. For the most part, they don't run that because uh, the defensive linemen are too fast. For sure. Right? And the linebackers are too fast. It's, it's, it just doesn't work. So, I understand what works at what level. And I, and I think just from my obsession over the, over the sport of MMA and over, combat sports in general, jiu-jitsu, boxing, uh, MMA, wrestling, ju- everything. Like I obsess over the sport and I watch hours of film weekly on it. <clears throat> uh, I just – I think I have a very good understanding of what it takes to win because I'm still competing myself and what, what works at every different level because there's multiple levels through the sport. And uh, – I, th- I think I have a very, very good understanding of that. And not to mention that there's really not very many good MMA coaches out there. There's good striking coaches. Right. I've been kickboxing for 30 years. There's good jiu-jitsu guys. But there's really I – w- I, I would say there's probably five or less guys that are really just putting everything together. And I think that's where the sport of MMA is going is the blend of everything, not kickboxing, not jiu-jitsu, not wrestling, but the blend of – we have a saying at my gym, you got to be able to do everything everywhere all the time. Mm. So you got to be able to do it all at once. And that is where my focus lies is is putting all – it's not necessarily the jabs, the crosses, or the hooks. It's the details of how to put all that – tie it all together to make 
one sport rather than like three individual disciplines where like kickboxing, wrestling, jujitsu, where I put all three of those things together at once. So basically that's going to be your differentiator at glory and as an individual coach, right? Absolutely. So in that regard, uh, you referenced emulation. Mm -hmm. There has to be some coach that you've crossed paths with or multiple throughout the years that have uh, demonstrated specific, you know, attributes or skills that you thought, man, I I could leverage that, or that's what I want to be. What are some of those skills that you feel like have really resonated with you from a leadership perspective? Well, it's, you just hit the, the key word there is leadership. Uh, I feel like for the most part, people are teaching very similar things. The difference, uh, there's three main differences in, in MMA that set people apart at the high level to me. Uh, cardio, strength conditioning, how strong they are, how long they can last, their, their mental state, like how mentally tough they are and their attention to detail. So cardio, mentality, and detail. And uh, the more of one of those you have, the less you need of the others. And, and obviously, the more you have of all of them, the better you're going to be. So uh, I like to look at competitors, who's, who's obviously who's doing, doing what. And then I wouldn't say there's one person that I've modeled. Uh, I, have, I have my own personal coach for whenever I compete. He's out of Denver, Colorado. Mark Montoya is his name. Uh, he does an incredible job as a leader. So I don't go to that gym for training partners. They have great training partners. That's not why I go there, though. Sure. Uh, I don't go there for kickboxing or jiu-jitsu. Their kickboxing jiu-jitsu is phenomenal. That's not why I go there, though. I go there because whenever Mark walks behind me, I want to go to battle for him. I, want, I have to answer to that man in the corner later. And I want him – I'm see, constantly seeking his approval. And uh, I look up to him as a mentor, as a coach, uh, really as a, as a father figure as well. And uh, – I want to make him happy. I want to make him proud. So whenever you find a leader that you want to compete for, you know, you want their approval. I think that's a great thing because you respect that person. And so going back to what we were talking about is the leadership. It's uh, he knows how to lead me specifically and, and others as well. But as a leader, he's one of the best leaders that I've ever come across. And that, that comes with structure, discipline, uh, game plan mentality. Uh, he knows what to say, when to say. Like these are all the all. He has all the characteristics of any leadership book you would read out mm. there. He has all of those things. So, uh, for me, for somebody that's had a lot of fights, a good leader will go a long way. I haven't. I've been with him for five years now, and I've never lost a fight with him. Damn. So, so you mentioned something very specific in there. You said um, he knows exactly what works for me specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think the great leaders um, that I've had the opportunity to work with or under throughout time realize that that there's not a, a one size approach to everybody. There can right? be. There so can you be. have to mold your Absolutely. leadership strategy to the specific individual. Because Absolutely. I, being an overwhelming, energetic guy, if I bring this to you, you're going to be like, "Damn all that, dude! Like it's, it's too much for yeah, me." Yeah. So it, everybody has a different uh, has a different way to learn, right? And uh, I think it's it's really important to 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 match the 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 knowledge with the person, you know, you and I are going to have different things that we need to work on and uh, different things that we need to be better at. Like you're obviously your energy is not a problem to where like I could probably bump mine up a little bit, you know? So like if we go work on the same thing, you're not going to get the same thing that I'm going to get. If we start working on energy, you're going to get much less out of (laughs) it. Right. For sure. There's bigger things that you could work on. Right. So, um, like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that would be, yeah. (laughs) That could probably be. I'm guessing that, yes, just a guess, just a guess. So I don't know. Maybe you're really good. I don't know. All right. So this actually is a perfect segue into one thing that I want to talk about. So you said that uh, you're a pretty even kill dude. You're pretty chill. You don't even get mad. When was the last time you really got mad? Oh, man, it takes, 
some some of the, some guys will pull the trailer park out of me. It, it takes a <laughs> lot though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's you ever had to use me. your stuff outside the ring? I mean, I haven't. I've been in like two street fights in my entire life. Okay. Yeah. So I've been in two fights my entire life. Yeah. One of them was in fifth grade. I was wearing the Z Cavaricci shirt. You remember Z Cavaricci? I don't. Well, listen, we're both poor folk. And so I got this shirt at like Michael's. And okay. I mean, if you bought it off the rack at a real store, it'd be like 75 back in yep, the day. Okay. Uh, I got it for five. Let's go. So I was like, and I wore that bitch like three, deal. yeah, three, Let's three go. days a week, right? Let's go. So the first day I got it, I remember this kid was trying to show out and uh, they started nerd ponging me. And uh, I was a class I don't know what club. That is. What is Nerd that? pong. I don't know what that is. Uh, circle of folks. And they're pushing you around the circle. They put. Oh, yeah. We're fine. So I was never bullied. <laughs> so we're fine. We're fine. Uh, I was never bullied because I was always the class clown. But like, I found myself in situations like that because I was always a clown. Yeah. That uh, people thought that they could get one over on sure. me. So I fought that dude. Okay. You said we're fighting, right? So Let's go. did you win? And, uh, I don't know. I was in yeah, fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. What's okay, winning? Okay, okay. Yeah. But here's a story I want to tell you, and it kind of segues into my question to you. So the second and last fight that I ever been in, I was, uh, I was graduated from college. I was with this dude that was 6'6", 260 pounds, professional dude. athlete. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, he played college basketball, D1 athlete. And uh, we were at, I think it was the Brookside,r okay? Real shocker. Real shocker. <laughs> we go hard. Uh, so his girl just turned 21, and she was flirting with everybody. I mean, I recall definitively, I see this dude, just the red in his eyes rising, right? So does the Brooksider have a basement? You ever been there? Uh, I think it's the Brooksider. I don't know. But it's over there. Yeah. So anyway, they got a basement. So all of a sudden, fisticuffs break out. And I'm the only sober dude. <laughs> we go with, uh, there's four total couples, including this dude and this girl. Fisticuffs break out. All of a sudden, everybody's getting cleared out. The 21-year-old girl, whose birthday it is, is mm -hmm. flirting with everybody. I literally have to carry her up the stairs. She's so drunk. Oy. I get to the top of the stairs. It's still inside of the bar. And I see one of the dudes with uh, one of the couples that we were with is brawling with two bouncers inside. Okay. I can't mess with that. I got to take this girl mm -hmm. outside. You got bigger fish. I got bigger fish. Mm -hmm. So I take this girl outside, again, completely sober. I get outside. And the first thing I see is my guy, 6'6", 260. Mm -hmm. Uh, getting pummeled on the ground by this bouncer, right? So I, I put her down, Jess is her name. I go over and I say, get off of him, sir. Get off of him. Respectful, nada. There's your Just, first problem right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here's where, here, here's where it goes awry. So uh, get off of him, sir. Get off of him. It's not working. You so called I, the bouncer, sir? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I'm a respectful dude. What do you think, Ivan? Come on, bro. <laughs> Not nah. a good game plan, Ivan says. So ultimately, I had to resort to some blows, okay? Yeah, all right. I'm with so, uh, so I start I start hitting him. He covers up. James, my guy, 6'6", 260, gets up and bolts. Like, that's the first <laughs> thing he does. He goes. I mean, he runs, right? So now all of a sudden, I'm by myself. Uh, These two huge bouncers come around the corner, and they look at me. They say, you need to get out of here. You need to get out of here. I said, guys, I'm just, I was just helping my guy. I was just helping yeah. my guy. The dude that I got off of him all of a sudden pushes me down. And I mean, when I say kickball style to the face, this dude took three steps back, Oy. one step forward to kick me straight. So like uh. a knucklehead, I mean, second fight, you know that adrenaline is a real thing, right? Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing. So I get up and I do the bums rush and all that stuff. And, and we're tussling. I remember being in a headlock and I'm trying to hit him in the kidneys and all this stuff. <laughs> and I mean, we have like a, a pretty good tussle. And uh, all of a sudden, I get tackled from behind, and I hear, quit resisting, quit resisting. 
<laughs> and so I, my body goes limp. And I say, uh, sir, I am not resisting. And so it was at which point now this whole bar is cleaned out. And this cop is beating my ass, James. I mean, like in front of everybody, his gun, he's got me in this hold where his gun is poking me right in my uh, eye. And so I'm like, I'm just taking this back and forth to my eye. I'm like, sir, your gun, your gun. He's like, stop resisting. I'm like, sir, my body is limp. To make a short story long, I come to find out two days later that the guy that I got into a tussle with is actually a professional UFC fighter at the time, Bobby Volker. Do you oh, remember God. Bobby Volker? <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, I didn't die. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get any broken bones. And I'm going to call Bobby right now. <laughs> He, won't, he probably won't even remember. And you know alone. what? What's funny about that? So he was just doing his job, right? Like I hold no ill will against that dude at all. But what's interesting is it goes back to, there's this, uh, this comic out there, Steven Monselko or something like that. He talks about, you can't get in fights with people these days because everybody's no. doing this Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You don't know what's going yeah. on. So here I am just trying to help out a guy. And obviously I got my ass beat yeah, by a up. professional oh, UFC hey. fighter. <laughs> so you've never found yourself in a situation where you had to use your stuff outside the ring? I mean, I have. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 There's always <laughs> dumb stuff. Nothing nothing of any type of like relevance. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't even want to tell a story because they're dumb, but like <laughs> no, that means that you have to tell the yeah, story. <laughs> man, it's always there's always like one of the times it was uh, a friend of mine who was like 18 at the time. He's he's in I think he's a he's still in high school at the at the moment. And of course, like I'm coaching this kid. He said, "Hey, man, I'm about to go to a house party, uh, or I'm at a house party, and these uh, bunch of these dudes from MU are about to beat me up." But I, I'm gonna fight this guy. I was like, Jesus, here we go. And I'm a, I'm probably what am I? Probably I'm probably like 22, 23 at the time. So we go over there. Long story short, we beat up like 15 guys from MU. And, How many are there of you? Uh, like four, I think four or five of us. I don't remember. It wasn't a good deal for them. Uh, yeah. So it's. Why, why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> All I'm, right, I moved on past these That's, days. I'm as a better you person now. A hey, man, that now. was 11 years ago. That was a long right? time ago. So, 33 years old. Uh, you know, one of the things Larry and I were talking to, and we're going to wrap this up. This is one thing that I'm really, really interested in. You could be the best uh, fighter on the planet. Uh, you could be the best, you know, be the best speaker on the planet. Mm-hmm. You could be the best author on the planet, whatever it may be. But if you don't connect with people, yeah, then ultimately you might find yourself on the outside looking in. Sure. So when I was growing up, I was big into WWF. Same. Uh, so who was your favorite back in the day? Uh, I mean, I had a... Uh, or who did you enjoy? Yeah, Ricky Steamboat. Hell Dragon. yeah. I mean, Ricky the Dragon, yeah. baby. What about, uh, what about our guy, Ric Flair? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You gotta, so, you know, the, the thing that Ric Flair had is he had a persona. He had a character, right? Of course. So when you first got into the UFC Rolex game... wearing diamond ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Did you have to develop a character... You know, you don't have to. I mean, some of these guys do. You don't have to. I, did you? No. I, I'm No. I, but I, did you, though? I, well, <laughs> no. So, like, what is there's, going there's, on? There's kind of a, there's kind of a, a two part question. So, like, I never really uh, developed like a, a character, but I do think that I'm a different person. Like, if you see me on Fight Week, I'm not the same person that you see me. Right. Now. You're like Nacho Libre. So, <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but I mean, I know the movie. I've never seen it, though. Uh, I, it's I've never had like a character where like I'm saying anything like uh ingenuine or anything like that. There is a lot of guys that do that. I've never really been the type to I'll be honest with you, I've tried to do it a couple times and every time that I try to like get, every time I go a little overboard, I always get beat up. 
And like, so I just stopped doing it. You know mm. what I mean? Like if I, if I talk a little extra shit or if I like, if I go a little bit past my personality, I always got beat up. So I just quit doing it. Like, huh. I just, I didn't get beat up. I no, lost. I get what you mean. I lost. So I just, I just quit doing it and I just, I just, uh, I'm, I be myself and, uh, and now, so I, I do feel like the, what you're asking is like, I do feel like the, when I, the person that, if you watch me fight, like I talk a lot of shit during the fights, like I'll talk to people and I fight. I feel like the person that I'm turning into is, is a different, it's kind of a different personality for sure. It's definitely not who I am here. Uh, but like, I, if you watch, just look up my last two fights, I talk to people as I'm fighting them and I say a lot of choice words. So <laughs> if you guys want some entertainment, it'll be, it's fun to watch. So, uh, I definitely feel like I, I have built into a personality that's not really my norm, uh, during fights, but it's not really ingenuine by any means. I really like when I'm out there, I really do mean what I say. And if I'm talking shit, like I, I'm, it's real. You're about to bring it or it's, it's being brought in. It's already brought <laughs> Do you know a dude by the name of Greg uh, Vandercreek? Yes, I do, yeah. actually. He's from, uh, like, Manhattan, uh, Manhattan Kansas. Yeah, yep. so he's a fire chief now. But that's my guy. I told him that you were coming on, and he, he has done stuff. I don't know if you guys have fought before or no, practiced uh, together. So we've, we've uh, our teams has fought each other quite a bit, and I've watched him fight numerous times. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't fought in a long time. Yeah, he tore his, I think he tore his pec and messed up his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, but I know, I know him well. I know his coach really well. Sure, Joe Wilk sure. is his coach. I know Joe and I came up together, so I know his coach really well. So reason why I ask begs the question. So his career is basically mm-hmm. ended because of injury. Sure. Uh, obviously, this is a savage sport that you, that yeah, you play absolutely. in. What's the most significant injury or, um, or ailment that you had to fight through? And here's why I asked. I had this, you mentioned mentors earlier. This girl reached out to me recently, and she said that she was fighting through the stomach bug. And she uh-huh. was like, so what do I do before I go on stage if I'm sick? Can you get out of it? And I'm like, no. Uh-huh. Like, you, you signed up. You got to go hard. Yeah, so when you ask me, like, that I've had to fight through, do you mean in a fight? Or Either, do you mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, so uh, in... In, uh, it's actually the same one now that I think about it. Uh, in a fight, I've had a I had a staph infection really bad in my leg, and like if you've ever had a staph infection, you have like no energy. So I pretty much got beat up for like 14 minutes, like mollywop. But the 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 injury is like I just have a long scar down my shin. Yeah, from the surgery on Jeez. it. Jeez. But I've had. Uh, Was that from a gym? Uh, so it's I was on the Ultimate Fighter. Yes. One of the guys on the show had it and didn't tell anybody, and I got it from him. Uh, and I, it just it was way worse on mine because it was on my shin. So there's no like fat or anything goes right. straight to your bone. I almost lost my leg over it. Uh, but I've had like I've tore my uh, hamstring in three different places. My hands broken a bunch of times. Obviously, uh, dude, that thing is massive. Yeah, it's pretty. That's normal. Jeez, so, does it hurt? No, it's, it's normal. Like what about like when the weather changes or anything? Yeah, when the pressure changes, For I definitely sure. feel it. Yep, I yeah. definitely feel it. Uh, I haven't really had any, like, I've never had, like, a major surgery other than the cut on my shin. I've never had, like, a knee or anything like that, you know, other than small stuff. But I would say uh, the torn hamstring is, I never, I didn't get surgery on that either. But uh, I would say that's the main one, the staph infection. I've been pretty fortunate to stay away from, like, real serious injury for 13 years. For sure. All right, rapid fire as we throw this thing back. Go for it. Let's do it. Uh, so you're a gentleman that likes to uh, set goals. You're always trying to get better. What's next for James? Like, what's the next plateau for you? Yeah, so uh, that's a tough question. I'm supposed to do my goals next week. So uh, um, like, I would say, like, I, I definitely I would definitely want to become more known into like, coaching. That's uh, something that I've worked really hard at over the last few years, and I think it's only going up. Uh, I definitely – I definitely think that it's it's on it's on the rise. My team is competing really well, and we're we're doing really well. I think it's just going to be more from growth of the team and more more competitors and at the high level. Uh, 
you know, and then just obviously family life, just being being a good dad, making sure that uh, my kids have everything that I didn't have, but also still maintain uh, what humility a dollar is. And, and humility yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't really I don't really do a lot outside of outside of home life and fighting. That's I'm on the road just about every weekend, traveling to corner people and coach and. Uh, so I don't really do a lot outside of that. You know, I, I'm at the gym. I was at the gym when I came here. I, I went, got my haircut and came straight here. And then I'm going to go from here straight back to the gym. And I'll be there until probably 7 tonight. And then I'll go home. And then when I wake up in the morning, I'll go back to the gym. And I just pretty much do that all day, every day. How do you maintain friendships or relationships outside your family? You have to be uh, – you have to – be a member of my gym to okay. be a friend with me. Okay, and fair like, enough. And it's not, it's just like- people, We're out, Larry. Did you hear that? People- Damn it. To be, to, I mean, like when people say like, hey man, we should hang out sometime. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Like I'm at Come the gym out. 14 hours a day. You know, <laughs> like I don't know what, you know, I just don't. And that's, there's not to say like acquaintances or whatever, like I, I can't it. hang out outside of that. But you know, like I made time for the charity thing. Yes. I do stuff like that all the time, but I just don't have time for uh, I don't have time for meaningless conversation. Yep. I don't you know I cut that stuff out. I love don't, it. You know so like if I find somebody that that I that has a like like minded goals and all that stuff I I would love to hang out with them and but really it's just I don't really have a lot of free time man. So if I have free time that I'm not in the gym I'm usually with my family. So I respect that. Yeah, I'm, I'm grinding. So fundamentalism can be defined as the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. And you know you kind of hit on this earlier um, in that we're all different. Uh-huh. So. People think oftentimes that I'm trying to get everybody to act like me, like a jackass. I'm not. I'm trying to get you to gravitate more towards the things that give you strength, whatever it may be. So for you, I've heard you come up with several things that you referenced multiple times. Obviously, your family matters to you a lot. Uh, Constant development of yourself. Uh, coaching people up and being a good leader ultimately and striving for greatness yourself. Is there anything else that gives you strength when you're you're caught up in your head? Uh... No, no. I don't, I mean, it's I'm pretty straightforward. Like I'm not a guy that I don't listen to like motivational stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't need to be motivated. I'm yeah. already motivated. Like I don't uh I know I'm very very everything is very clear on what I'm looking for. For sure. And uh but you read but you listen to the audience. So that's ain't that Yes, but that's not motivation. That's that's growth. There's a difference, right? Okay. Like, so I'm trying to I'm trying to learn new things for sure. Like I don't need to be motivated to do something. Like I, I know a lot of people listen to like motivational speeches. I, I really don't. I don't listen to those. Right. I don't because I don't need to be motivated. I'm motivated every day. Right. Uh, but I do try to get better. So if I were to listen to a motivational speech, it might be in the form of uh, like I want to be. I want to talk better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And really specific items that you could work on as opposed to, because there's a lot of speakers to your point that are just talking about. 100%. And especially um, individuals that used to be in the sports game or whatever, Mm -hmm. they tell their story and how they, you know, fought through whatever it may be. But there's a difference to your point of just talking or giving something specifically tactical to grow as a result. That's exactly right. Like, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm, I want to get better at something. Like, don't tell me, don't tell me what to do. I know what to do. Tell me how to do it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, I, like I get, I get like, I need to set goals. Okay. Like, cool. Like, how do, how do I make a million dollars a year? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need to be motivated. I'm already motivated. Uh, just tell me, how do I get better at this? Sure. Like, what are action items that I can do to get better at this? How can I practice being better at this? So like my favorite, my favorite book of all time, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yep. It's very specific on what you can do to it's a, and it's a principle based book. It applies to everything in life. Stephen Covey, right? Yes, yes, R.I.P. <laughs> uh, 
it applies to everything in life. So uh, it applies to if I was a football player, fighter, uh, relationships, friendships, networking, business owner, fighter, coach. It applies to all those things. If you do the seven habits, it will make all of those better. For sure. All right, last question. Uh, being an individual that's not necessarily a, an emotional being, uh, do you like to laugh? Is laughter something that's important to you? Absolutely. I mean, anybody with a positive attitude is, is going to laugh for sure. What makes you laugh the most? Like, what's something that you really gravitate towards to? Or when was the last time you had a good laugh? I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anything that's funny, right? You like I mean, stand-up comedy? All right. Yeah. yeah you ever I, listen to uh, Chris Porter from local here? No, I. You know, I don't listen to. Uh, maybe I need to get put on some. It's just not something that I really like. I enjoy it when I do. For sure. When I do listen to it, I just don't really. I'm not like super savvy with who's good and who's yeah. not. You know. And, and you don't have time when you're listening to books and all that. <laughs> that's another like. I, I just don't really. I don't watch a lot of like movies. I, I like my wife and I. We watch. The only time that we really ever watch TV is. Uh, we like going to bed every night. We watch one episode of like a show that we're watching together. Like right now, it's Breaking Bad. For so sure, we're watching that. We're on the last season. Of that. It's the and first then, time you've ever watched it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I don't. I don't watch. Reminds you of your roots growing up. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. It's uh. So it's it, yeah. Like and then after that, we don't know what we're gonna watch next. So it's like a, usually it's like a week process. Like we usually watch the first episode of something. It's like eh, I don't know. Let's find something. Yeah. So. That's really the only TV I watch. And then on Sundays, I'll watch football. I like, yeah. I like watching sports, football, whatever. The uh, Chiefs specifically? Or? Uh, yeah. So I'm from, I'm from Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area. So the Redskins. And then obviously. Sorry, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs. I, I support the Chiefs. But like, look, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people here. I support uh, the locals. So like Missouri, Kansas, I'll just support both. I support yeah, both of them. I like you that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I'm from Kansas City. And one thing about me is uh, I got a lot of scrutiny early on in my career for not leaving. And not going to like a super gym in California or Florida. And I always wanted to be the guy that, that kind of paved the way for Kansas City MMA. Uh, not just as a coach, but as a fighter. More so as a fighter at the time than anything. And uh, I wanted to, to put together a facility where people were like, look, like we can get better here. Not, and we don't have to get to this level and then leave. So I've, I've kind of done that now. And uh, it, so it's like I'm, I'm really I – support, I support Kansas City big. I'm, I'm, I'm Kansas City, you know, grown uh, – and it, uh, I, I want, I want this to be a hub for our sport for people to be like, yo, there is a badass gym there yes. that we can go to, and uh, the same way that people support the Chiefs and the Royals, uh, as I, I, I want that for MMA as well because I think we have some, of, and I mean this, I'm not saying this because I'm from here. I think we have some of the best fans in the world. Really? I really do. Yeah, I mean, I go all over, I go all over the world, and like, I mean, we have the loudest stadium mm-hmm, right, right, right there. All the decibels, all of them, <laughs> and I mean, I. Like, I think at one point we were, I don't know if this is true or not anymore, but at one point, like five years ago, we were the only team to have a season ticket holder in every single state. Really? That's a fact. Oh, I did not know I that. don't know if that's the case anymore. Do you know that 70% of all statistics are made up? Is that made up? No, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Nice try, though. Nice try, though. So, no, but I feel you like whatever, and that that's the point of fundamentalism, right? So whatever gives you strength. Yeah. I see these people that are ride-or-die Mizzou, ride-or-die Kansas, and they can't connect as a result. Oh, like, man. If you like Mizzou, and that gives you strength, and it takes you out of your head of whatever yeah. you're dealing with, then go get them, Tiger. You see what I just did? I, that's I, a pun like right that. there. Uh, hey, in closing, you're a coach. Yep. Um, I'm sure that you coach individuals that are going through things in oh, life. That's that's the whole part of being For a coach. Sure. It has nothing to do with fighting. It's basically a therapist. So knowing that not one size fits all. Yeah. 
uh, what advice would you give, you know, one of our listeners right now that might be going through the struggle and they're trying to figure their shit out? Uh, do what makes you happy. Mm. Like, it's simple. It's, it's just, it's really simple. People overcomplicate things. Don't we? Just do what makes you happy. And whatever that means, like something, something most of the time you have to go through like a, a checklist. And look, if I feel like I've been blessed to find my passion. Some people go their whole their whole life without finding like what their purpose and passion is. Like, look, man, you gotta you gotta try different flavors of Kool Aid before you figure out which one you want. Mm, you know, pink so, lemonade. So try. There you go. Try. You gotta try different things, and and it's and it's hard because people don't want to put themselves out there. And uh, but in order to 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 achieve like true happiness, you have to find what you love to do. And it's and once you find it, you'll know for you know sure. I mean? But you gotta the 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 short answer to that is do what you love. What what makes you happy? Do that and. Look, if you hate your job, find a way to get paid f- to do what makes you happy. Because look, whenever I started in this, there was no no market in in MMA schools in this area at all. It was like people laughed at me, like For there's sure. no way you're gonna do this, bro. Like no way. And there was nobody even in the UFC from here. So it's like I've turned this thing into like I've, this is my living now, and I, I love what I do. I love going to work every day and. Uh, I do what makes me happy. I don't wake up to an alarm. I get to come do things like this at, at 1.30 on a Tuesday. And I, don't, I didn't have to ask anybody. I just said, look, I'll be there. You For know what sure. I mean? Like, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's refreshing and it's, it, it makes me happy. Well, based on your passion, based on uh, how articulate you are uh, in expressing uh, your passion, leadership, and all that stuff, there's no doubt that you just hit the tip of the iceberg in terms of all the stuff and success that's uh, yet to come for James Krause. So from the bottom of my heart, man, I greatly appreciate you being on. You literally, in summary, uh, define fundamentalism. Do more of what makes you happy, right? So guys, as always, we greatly appreciate you tuning in. We wouldn't be here without you. Uh, Thank you very much for your support. If you haven't swooped up the What's Good shirt, remember, it's all about focusing more on what's good as opposed to what's not. So create more memorable interactions. Go to fundamentalism.com to learn more. This is Paul Long encouraging you to go out and have more fun in your day and create some fun in the lives of others. We'll see you on the flip side and deuces. (laughs) 